You are listening to the weekly sermon from Elevation Community Church in Blanchester, Ohio. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Phil Nelson. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit myelevationcc.org. So we're going to wrap up this series, Going 4D. I hope you not only enjoyed this series, I hope that you were challenged during this series, and I hope that you were able to press in and see fruit from it in this series. I do want to say this right out of the gate. This is not just a teaching series that we're going to do this year and never visit again. This is the vision of our church. This is surrounded by the great commission, the greatest commission that Jesus ever gave to the church before he ascended into heaven and seated on the right hand of the Father, interceding for his own. This is something that we need to not forget. I did my best to keep it rhyming and along the same uh, letter format so that we could kind of get it within us. And in a, a few moments, we're gonna look at our vision and the main thing of our church and see how this all comes together. But first, I wanna do a quick review. A quick review. It's the first D of our dimensions. We know that zero dimension has no movement, has no depth, has no form, has no life. When you start adding a one dimension, you have a line that gives direction. So the very first thing in the Christian faith that we need to understand is we need to have direction. And the only way that we can have the proper direction is if we get in the proper posture. And that is going dark. Going dark. What that means, it's a military term that means going off the radar to focus on a specific mission. And our mission is to create a lifestyle of prayer. What is prayer? It literally is communion, union with God. Communicating in our union with God. Prayer is a two-way transaction. Just think about this, friends. You get to communicate whenever you want with the Lord of all creation. Because of Jesus, he is present in you, around you, above you, below you. His presence is 24-7 access. And the idea of going dark is not just praying without ceasing, but the idea of going dark is the idea of quieting your heart. Our culture does not do that. We need to learn to be still and allow God to speak to our hearts as we listen and then respond. Look at this scripture in 1 Thessalonians. It says this, rejoice always. These are some tough words because these are absolutes. You know, I'd say with my kids, my, my, my son says, Emery never shares or she never does this or mommy, you never give me a treat, right? We use these absolute words that just aren't true because never means never, not a single time. And this says always, so that means always. The Greek translation of always is always. 
It's all the time. That's why in James and in Romans it says, be joyful that you are facing trials. Why? Because it's for the producing of spiritual fruit in your life. So we are to be rejoicing always in good, in bad, in plenty, in none, in hardships, and in joyful times. And then we're to pray without ceasing. Well, how can you pray without ceasing on your knees in a dark room all day long and not work and not go around or not go along in life? Praying without ceasing is a mindset. It's a mindset for those who are in Christ Jesus. We are to have the mind of Christ. And not only are we to have the mind of Christ, we have the mind of Christ. We just need to sometimes activate it. We need to pray without ceasing. That means moment by moment, we're engaging and connecting with God in how we respond through our daily lives. How are you doing with that? We're to give thanks in all circumstances. This is easier said than done. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So the scripture calls us and and shows us that we're supposed to be living a life that is constantly in step with the presence of God, in tune with what the kingdom of heaven is doing. That's the design of a Christian. That's the first dimension of moving in the direction of the kingdom of God and looking more like Jesus. Something we do, since this is a vision series, and this is our vision, we want to create more opportunities for you to grow in this area of prayer. One is Wednesday nights, right now until the the new year, we're doing Wednesday nights from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m., and you can come anytime during that period and come in the sanctuary and sit and be quiet in the mostly dark, with some soft music playing, and you can come and just connect with God. In the new year, we may change it around a little bit as the Lord leads, but we want to create opportunities for you to engage with God through going dark in prayer. Number two, the second dimension is going deep. Going deep. What does this mean? Because that is a very broad statement. We want to go deep. You hear a lot of people say that, man, I want to go deep in God. Well, what's that look like? And how are you going to get there? Well, it's deepening our understanding of and our relationship with God the Father, Christ the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's kind of like an iceberg. You have this revelation of Jesus. The Holy Spirit draws you to God the Father. You believe that Jesus died for you, is the Son of God, and he will come again someday to bring you home with him. That's the tip of the iceberg, and that's wonderful, and you need need that. And you need to live your life for all to see, but there was so much more depth to Jesus than just your Savior. He wants to be your Lord as well. He wants you to grow in depth of who he is and who you are in him. 
Where's the depth of your understanding been this last year in who God is and who you are in God? Because friends, we can't grow deeper unless we truly understand and grasp God's love, God's character, and our identity in God. Amen? And yet so many settle for fast food Christianity. They accept Jesus. They get baptized. They try to act the part. They come one Sunday or one day a week, sometimes twice a month, and they think they've clocked in for their Christian duty. And Jesus says, look, this isn't about duty. That's religion. I want a relationship. Relationship takes time. It takes depth. Friends, if our marriages and our investment in our marriages in this church reflected how we invest in our relationship with God, I would be afraid of the divorce rate in this church. Let me say that again. If our investment, our commitment, and our effort to our marriages were reflected or the same kind of effort and commitment in how we engage and go deeper with God, I'm afraid our marriages would be on thin ice constantly. So we need to understand that yes, Jesus saves, and yes, he gives us all things we need for life and godliness, but this is a relationship, a partnership, And you can only go as deep as you're willing to put your feet in the water. To get rid of some habits that aren't drawing you closer to Jesus. To get rid of some relationships that are hindering your depth spiritually. To get rid of some language and maybe some entertainment that is keeping your relationship with God shallow. You have a part to play. Let's look at the scripture here in Ephesians chapter three, a huge shout out, by the way, to our Ephesians Bible study going on at 9 a.m. Joe Francis is doing a great job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have about 30 some people attending and I just want to say, if you want to go deep in the word of God, you need to be here at 9 a.m. every Sunday, every Sunday. Now, we're going to continue throughout the rest of the year here in Ephesians. And I think even a week or two, Joe, in January, right? And then we're going to start some Elevate courses. If you don't know what that is, we will explain that soon. But these are courses that will help you understand not only who we are as a church and what we believe, but how you can grow spiritually and grow a part of this body. If you're going to serve here or you want to get connected here, these Elevate courses at 9 a.m. are essential to attending. That will be in the new year. But I just say that our 9 a.m. hour on Sunday mornings, come and go deep. Guys, I'm only given 40 minutes to teach. 40 minutes once a week is not depth. We need to take this 
And we need to leverage all the technical resources we have. We need to go deep into the word of God, into the person of God the Father, in our trust in Jesus the Son, and in our full reliance on the Holy Spirit. We need to go deep. Ephesians 3, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources that God will empower you with inner strength, depth, through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your heart as you trust him. There is the transactional relationship displayed so perfectly. Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him, as you give him permission to be Lord in your life. Your roots, talked about roots last week and the week before, your roots will grow down deep into God's love and keep you strong. That's where your strength comes from. And may you have the power to understand, this is depth here, the power to understand as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. Remember as a kid, deep and wide, deep and wide. Yeah, now it's wide and wide, wide and wide. There's no depth because we're not engaging him. Wide and wide. Yes, I'm making this up on the spot. The depth of your spiritual life will be driven upon how you engage in a relationship with Jesus. If you've asked him to be savior and Lord of your life, that means he's with you always. However, you have to continue to let him in. You have to continue to yield your life and your agenda to him. And friends, this is a challenge for me. I am a task-oriented person. I'm a high-energy person. You probably haven't been able to tell. People ask me how many coffees I had Sunday morning. I am highly driven. I'm a type A leader, and it's very difficult sometimes to slow the vehicle down and grow my roots. So I understand the challenges we face, but it should never be an excuse for not making the main thing the main thing. When it comes down to it at the end of the day, Lauren and I, kindly remind each other, you have a choice. We have a choice. We always have a choice. That's how much God loves us. But you have a choice. Number three is growing daily. 
Just as our bodies grow, just as our minds grow, just as relationships are to grow, just as our understanding grows, our life in Christ should always be growing. Let me say this very quickly. Salvation is a one-time occurrence where we cry out to the Lord, we confess our sins, we believe, we acknowledge our belief in Jesus, and we receive his free gift. We've been justified, meaning that we have been made right in God's holiness. Have you looked in the mirror lately and say, I am perfect? You laugh, but that's how God sees you when you have his son in your heart. He doesn't see your sin in the past. Now we're to confess that because when we have unconfessed sin in our lives, it does separate us in a sense from the holiness of God. Doesn't make us not saved, but it kind of separates. It's, there's that disconnect. Have you ever had an argument with your child or, or your spouse? They did you wrong? Do you still love them? Absolutely. Are they still your spouse? Absolutely. Are they still your child? Absolutely. But there is a gap and there is some friction and you need to work it out. Salvation and justification is a one-time deal that Jesus did on the cross once and for all. Looking more like Jesus and growing daily is a day-to-day, moment-by-moment process. It's called sanctification. It's where we're being conformed into the image of Jesus from one step to the next, from one glory to the next glory, from one more experience and encounter with God to the next. We're growing more and more like Jesus and we won't become fully perfect and like Jesus until we leave this earthly fleshly body and see him in all of his fullness. But we need to grow. And so we need to grow more and more in the life and the ways of Jesus. If you don't understand who Jesus is, you're not gonna be able to grow properly up in the ways and the life of Jesus if you don't spend time in the word. Well, the word wasn't written in the New Testament in, in when the church was birthed. No, they saw Jesus. They ate with Jesus. They saw the risen Savior. And so the word that we read today was the testimonies and the stories that were spreading throughout the world. And now we have it in written form because they're no longer physically here. We're to grow in the ways and the life of Jesus. Do you know him? Do you know his character? Does he have your heart? Does he have your mind? Does he have your schedule? Does he have your finances? We're to grow into the image of Christ. This is the dimension that so many churches and Christians struggle with because this takes sacrifice. Romans 12, one says to become living sacrifices. The problem with living sacrifices is when you try to sacrifice them and put them on a burning altar, they crawl right off. We don't like the word submission. We don't like the word surrender. 
But in order to follow Jesus, he says, you must die to yourself, deny yourself, pick up his cross and follow him. I promise you will see growth and spiritual fruit when you begin to live your life as a sacrifice to God. Let's confirm this with scripture. In first, excuse me, Ephesians 5, there's another plug, Ephesians. Therefore, be imitators, say imitators, imitators of God. We all imitate something, friends. We all imitate something. Have you ever seen the crazy pictures of dog owners? And the dog kind of looks like their owner? I'm not kidding. Just search on Google. It's a little scary. What you spend time with is kind of what starts to rub off on you. That's why in Hebrew culture, the rabbis, the biggest compliment, the biggest, biggest legacy that they could ever accomplish is when the rabbi students started to act and talk like and become like the rabbi. And they say, wow, the dust of the rabbi has brushed off on you. Has the rabbi Jesus, Yeshua, have you spent enough time with him, understood his heart, sacrificed yourself of Jesus, take all of me, conform me to your image, to where people say, you know, you're different. You remind me of someone. Why do I feel like when I'm with you, I just feel peace. That's the rabbi Yeshua living inside of you through his spirit. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk, move in love. Do you know that love, perfect agape love, is the only thing that the devil cannot counterfeit? You can't counterfeit love. You cannot counterfeit this unconditional life sacrificial love. It can't be counterfeited. You can try. Some may be deceived, but it cannot be counterfeited. His love, that's why Jesus said, by your love for one another, people will know that you follow me. Where are you growing in the agape love? He gave himself up for us. How are we giving ourselves up for others? Yikes. That's why Christians should not go to Black Friday, by the way. (laughs) Kidding. What? Give up my tickle Elmo? I know that was like 10, what, 20 years ago? But... He gave himself up for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. What kind of sacrifice? What sacrifice are you presenting and living to God? And number four, number four, is God doing it? We can only do so much. We can only do so much. We're called to be obedient. We're called to lay down our lives for Christ. We're called to be humble. We're called to love. 
But honestly, any of that, with God not being engaged and being involved, is going to be a work of the flesh and be empty and burn up. We need to understand our desperate need for God, friends. We wanna run away, we wanna self-protect, we wanna try to fix it ourselves, and it will never take the place of God. We need to rely on and trust in God alone, friends. Let's look at the scripture here. Now all glory to God, read those three words with me, who is able. The glory only goes to the one who is able. There is no other able to forgive us, to cleanse us, to save us, to heal us, to restore us, to strengthen us, and to empower us than the person of Jesus. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than all we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever, amen. At the end of the day, the only glory will go to Jesus who has all authority, all control, and holds everything together. So stop trying to be God and let God be God. You will start living a life you never thought was possible. So we have going dark, going deep, growing daily, and God doing it. This really represents our vision here at Elevation Community Church. Here's our vision statement and mission statement. I know it's a little small to read, but here's our vision up top, is we wanna see real people who understand the real need realize their real brokenness without God. And we wanna help connect them to find real hope in Jesus Christ. But we don't stop there. We want to connect people to real unity and relationships to help us stay the course and run the race. And after connecting people to real relationships, you can have relationships and still no growth. And so it's really important we take the Great Commission to heart because we need to grow into the image of Christ and how the church was designed to function. We need to grow through discipleship making. What does discipleship mean? It means equipping and helping others to be and grow like Jesus and then help them do the same. That's it. Go therefore and make disciples. So it starts with you growing. It starts with you sharing the gospel, sharing your testimony, modeling the life of Christ and helping others to grow 
the same way. And when we find real hope, and when we're connected to real relationships, and when we're growing through real discipleship making, we are going to experience real life change. How many of you in the last year can say, I've experienced real life change? Oh, I hope there's more than that. Yeah. You see, real life change is transactional. It is not the drive-through fast food mentality where you go get your life changed and you come back next week. That's our vision. Real people finding real hope in Jesus Christ, connected to real relationships, growing through real discipleship making, and experiencing real life change. This is what gets me up in the morning, and this is what usually I go to bed thinking about is how can I be a leader of this church to continue to see people experience real life change when they encounter the real Jesus. That's what I'm gonna be accountable for in heaven. Will you take that and will you put it into real life practice? Since this vision statement is rather broad, I've been using this explanation or description statement through this series called The Main Thing. It's very wordy and very thick, and and if it causes you to be confused, please just go back to our just main vision. Real people, real hope, real relationships, real discipleship, real life change. But just to give you a better a deeper understanding of what this looks like is the main thing when we begin to live out the vision is we're following Jesus, becoming the church, which is not a building, it's a people. Where the Holy Spirit dwells, we are filled and empowered by the Holy Spirit. We are are growing to look more and more like Jesus In everything we do through Christ's humility and love, that's the scoreboard. His humility and love. If you're doing the works of God and works of Jesus and you're reading the Bible and you're trying to go through the Christian movements but you lack humility and love, you're not following the true Jesus. The true Jesus is all about humility and love. That's his character and his nature. And if he lives inside of you, then his nature is going to start to take root as you let it. Growing to look more and more like Jesus in everything we do through Christ's humility and love while living a life of sacrifice and obedience to fulfill the Great Commission. Do you know one of the biggest areas in American church that causes them not to be four-dimensional or have much dimension at all. It's obedience. We can do the Christian attendance on Sundays. We can worship God through song. We can serve. We can give of our finances and our first fruits. But when God calls us to be obedient to his word, that's when sacrifices 
just our burnt offerings. <laughs> Psalms 51 says God doesn't delight in your burnt offerings anymore. What he delights in is a broken heart and a contrite spirit. <laughs> you can worship God only so far in song and in service. But you truly begin to become a sacrifice to God when you begin to obey his word. So friends, how do I wrap this up? Good question. I wrap it up by us looking of what four-dimensional living looks like in the scriptures. And I want us to turn to Acts chapter two. The church in its original existence gave us the model for what four-dimensional church should look like. Go ahead and get your phones out and look at your Bible app. If not, it's on the screen. Let's read this and let's just see where these principles, the going dark, going deep, growing daily, and God doing it, point that out, underline that in your scripture, highlight it on your Bible app, and let's use this as a blueprint for how we do church and how we live our lives following Jesus. Excuse me. So, this is literally right after Pentecost happened in the upper room. The Holy Spirit came with tongues of fire and empowered them. They're speaking in another language. They're speaking God's gospel. While thousands of people are gathered around this upper room, they're hearing this commotion. They're wondering what's going on. They're hearing their own language, the gospel of Jesus, not, their, not human language. This is a work and a move of God. This is God showing up. They're all gathered and they're, they're thinking these guys are drunk. And Peter gives his first sermon on the steps of the upper room, filled with the Holy Ghost. And he says this, after people were cut to the heart of seeing what was going on and how he delivered his message. And they said to Peter and the, bro the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? What are we gonna do about this? And Peter said to them, turn from your wicked ways, repent, and be baptized, meaning your identity in Christ secure. Be baptized, immersed in water to declare who you are in Christ. Baptisms is the first step of obedience in the Christian faith. Doesn't save you. It takes you to a whole new depth of understanding and living when you understand who you are in Christ. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. This is gospel, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Can I just ask you, can you be real because we're real people? How many of you struggle with knowing what to say when you share the gospel with someone else? Me too! <laughs> I can stand up here all day and preach to you, but you put me in front of someone else that is 
staring me down and wanting to know the heat gets turned on for me. Friends, do me a favor and just talk about the goodness of Jesus, of what he did for you. And use the words, use the words of Peter. Watch this. You see, you need to turn from your wicked ways because Jesus offered you forgiveness by dying on the cross. He is the only way that you can come to the Father God and have everlasting life. The Bible says here we're to turn. We're to be baptized. Why are we baptized in water? Well, number one, Jesus did it. But it really symbolizes to you and to everyone else that Jesus now is in control of your life. He washed you away and you're dying to yourself in all your sinful ways. And because of the free gift that comes from Jesus, you can come up anew and be restored and live like you've never lived before. That's hope. And we say, for the prom, oh, excuse me, um, in the name of Jesus, for the forgiveness of your sins. Tell them, and guess what? You will receive the Holy Spirit. What? Yeah, it's the presence of God. It comes with Jesus. It's life. For the promise is for you and for your children and all who are far off. Everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. Do you know that God's calling you to yourself, himself? He's calling you. He's calling you. Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized and they were added that day about 3,000 souls. Can you imagine? And they devoted themselves. Here's the Christians becoming four-dimensional. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, the teaching of the word of God that we now have in the 21st century. and the fellowship of one another, not just on Sundays, by the way, living life together to the breaking of bread and the prayers and all came upon every soul. When have you seen all come upon every soul when God moves? We did about six months ago and we're continuing to see it. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles through the power of the Holy Spirit. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. They were becoming living sacrifices, not living for their life, but for others in the gospel of Jesus. And day by day, attending the temple together, they went to church every day. They spent time in their houses every day. They took communion and shared food together every day. And every day, more and more people came to know Jesus Christ. Why? Because people were growing and living four-dimensional lives every day. And they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number every day those who were being saved. Friends, what would happen in your life 
you had a genuine relationship with Jesus and invested time to grow in him and engage with Jesus. What would happen? Friends, what would happen if you began to implement a pattern and a rhythm in your life to where you sought quiet times to be still with God? And hear from your creator and rest in him and learn from him and grow in him. What would happen? Friends, what would happen if you allowed the word of God to come alive in your hearts? What would, what would happen if you took time to eat on the word of God? And friends, what would happen if you literally learned to sacrifice and surrender and let God take over? And in the hardest of times is when you surrender the most. Do you realize that the hardest of times can be the most peaceful and productive time of your life? It can. But you have to take John 15 seriously where Jesus says, I am divine, you are the branches. Abide in me and you will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. What would it look like if we kept about the main thing and we shared the gospel with people who we know don't know Jesus and we don't know when their last breath is going to be? And so as the band comes up, I want to do a, just a little inventory that I would love for you to take further in your own life and apply it however it works best for you. But I'm gonna give you on a scale to one to five for us to move forward, not forget the four-dimensional series, but literally start to live it out. On a scale to one to five, one being no growth at all, and five being very much growth that Jesus expects of us, desires of us. For this challenge, I'm just gonna assume that we are all at a three. All of us are at a three, okay? I'm gonna ask you now, what would it take this next week all the way through the end of the year for you to move from a three to a four in these specific categories? What would it look like for you and what is required of you to move from a three to a four with your engagement with Jesus. Your engagement with Jesus. What's that look like for you, friends? To move from a three to a four what do you need to give up? What do you need to give? And what do you need to do to receive? Some of you might be letting Jesus live in and through you. 
For some of you, you've never invited Jesus to save you. That's a first step you can do right now. You acknowledge Jesus as Lord. You understand to a degree that he came and died for you and took your place to forgive your sin, to make you right with the Father that no good deeds, no works, no looks, no nothing will ever make you right with God except through Jesus. And you just say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I need your forgiveness. I don't understand all this, but I wanna know you. I wanna have hope. And I want you to live life through me. Would you do that, Jesus? That might be your step. What do you need to do to move one step further in your relationship with Jesus? The next one is, what do you, how, 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 how can you move from a three to a four this month in creating a mindset and a heart of prayer? What's that look like for you? It might be developing an empty closet or a closet that you need to empty, making that your prayer closet. It may be the garage, the basement, your car on lunch break, your office as you shut the door. What do you need to do? Do you need to create a reminder? Do you need to get a prayer app? Do you need accountability? Do you need someone to hold you accountable? What do you need? Identify the need. Ask the Lord to provide it and then go find it. What about how you consume God's word? Well, I don't understand it. Okay. Well, the Bible tells us that in order to understand the word and truth, we need the Holy Spirit to reveal it to us. So before you open your Bible, before you open your audio app, ask the Holy Spirit to show you truth. What's this look like for you, friends? Maybe it means sacrificing 30 minutes of Netflix and turning on a Bible app on YouTube and listen to the word. Maybe it's reading it. Maybe it's a devotional. I got it. Maybe it's doing the Advent blocks in December. <laughs> you got yours. What do you need to do to go from a four, a three to a four? And the last area, which sometimes seems to be the hardest. How do you go from a three to a four in being obedient to what God is calling you? God may be calling you to get right with a family member. God may be calling you to sacrifice being right. Whew. God may be calling you to address a sin issue in another brother or sister in Christ. God may be calling you to get rid of some stuff on your internet. 
God may be calling you to put a software or accountability device on your internet. Where do you need to be obedient? Where do you need to sacrifice in order to receive more of God? And as the worship team leads us into this beautiful song that gets right to the jugular of the heart of the message, I want to open the altar for you to come and just be with the Lord, maybe as a symbol of your surrender. Communion table is open for all who believe and receive the Lord Jesus Christ. Communion is a reminder of what Jesus has done for you. Feel free to take in gratitude. But before you take communion, I'm asking you to acknowledge your sin, ask God to search your heart and show you where you need to confess and receive forgiveness. And then take communion. Don't be in a hurry. Let's engage with God. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. If you'd like to go deeper with another resource from our church, please check out our weekly Impact Bible Study podcast as well. Both of our podcasts are available on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud.